All right, welcome to Podcast Live. I'm your host, Raphael Calamat, and with us today, we've got some really special guests. We're going to cover what happened over on the weekend, talk about just golf, and um, with us, we have three guests. we got Michael Bleakley from the VGT Amateur Player, the Vancouver Golf Tour, member of Mayfair Country Club as well in Richmond, BC, CEO of Evolve Digital Media, and our new partner, GolfCast Canada West. Welcome, Mike. Also, we got Adam. Does everybody know Adam? Adam does a pretty good job, don't you think? I think Adam's a behind-the-scenes guy. Right? You think? Is he behind the scenes? <laughs> There's a combination of both. <laughs> well, he's done a great job. Look, he's with um, Golf Talk Canada. He's also with Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks uh, weekly on the radio and television. He's, he covers hockey, and uh, we're really happy to have him here with us. You know, uh, you've been doing this for a little while, Adam, and uh, we, we follow you, and I'm really glad to have you on the show today. Also, you know, unexpectedly, we have former CFL legend. I'm going to call you a legend, brother. Kevin right. Smiley. Is he there? I guess I could. I'm there you are. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you're also an amateur golf player. Uh, you know, you're a single digit handicap. We were joking around before the uh, cast that uh, maybe that was for nine holes or 18, but you're saying <laughs> you're a solid 10. You used for to be a seven. Holes, maybe not. Yes, 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 <laughs> but, yes, yes. Correct. Well, congrats. Four years on the Toronto Argonauts. You know, we have common friends. Uh, Peter De La Riva used to come into my right. shop over in Montreal in the mid-2000s and take some lessons. And then we, uh, you know, there's Eugene Clark I play with on a regular basis. And uh, it's funny that you guys see each other at your alumni uh, get-togethers, yeah. get don't you? Yeah, it's correct from time to time, yeah. And uh, we met on the set of Netflix. We can't really talk about that because we have yeah, a, yeah. Uh, an NDA, but that's how we met, yeah. <laughs> doing some golf lessons on the, on the film set. And, um, but you're planning to launch your own podcast, so we'll talk about that briefly later. Okay. Did you guys catch any of the golf this weekend? Absolutely. Absolutely. A little bit of it, for sure. I will admit there was a slight couch nap uh, during the final <laughs> round, but uh, I did see, uh, end up watching more this morning and caught Golf Central in detail. And, uh, cool, cool. This uh, Hovland kid is, is unbelievable. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. I, I love that he's smiling all the time. It kind of makes me think of Matt Kuchar, high on edibles, mm-hmm. you know, and then here's this kid running around <laughs> happy, uh, go lucky, and, and what a golf game uh, he has. He really, uh, made an interesting couple bogeys through the back nine, but he ended up slamming the door on the field. It was very impressive, but back-to-back win. Yeah, the worldwide you know, a lot of, technology. A lot of these young guys, a lot of these young guys are ready. Like they, they, they're coming out of college and they're just ready to go. And I mean, I know, uh, played some rounds with some college guys, a couple guys from UCLA, and they were just like going. They went low. I mean, yeah. the guy just shot. We were at uh, out in uh, Ajax there at the Watson's Glen. The guy just seamlessly shot like a 66, Whoa. and you know, wow. it's unbelievable. And left yeah. a few out there, no doubt. Absolutely. Always. It was a joke. It was a joke for these guys to, on a par five, to be putting for a par. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we're looking at Victor Hovland. He's 24 years old. And speaking of college and university golf, he came out of Oklahoma State. You know, a star-studded group of players came out of there, including Ricky Fowler, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's ranked number 10 in the world now. 
um, with a very cool trophy. <laughs> that chameleon, I love it. Um, but he's got an improved short game. I'm really surprised on how he stuck to his guns even after he was dropping. He didn't have his driver in place. I think he had a replacement driver. Uh, it was a shorter driver. You know, he's playing that low power fade. Pretty, pretty great. And Mayakoba, what a beautiful place to be. Adam, did you catch any of that? Yeah, 100%. And, you yeah, know, the story with, with Hovland with the driver, you know, giving it to Danny Lee, doing some, some uh, uh, speed training uh, drills on Wednesday before the tournament and breaking the driver. So he's sort of like, now what do I do? And, you know, it's getting a driver an inch shorter and about 10 yards shorter, he was saying, as well as a result of the shaft being a little smaller on him. But, you know, this is a guy who played uh, well at the Ryder Cup for Team Europe, one of their lone bright spots, really. And he's going to be on many, many, many European Ryder Cup teams to come. And, you know, you think of that class graduating from college, you know, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland. Good to see Matthew Wolf playing some good golf again, too. The future is bright for all three of these guys. Wow. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. And then, you know, a couple of guys chasing. We had Carlo Ortiz, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, uh, even, you know, Answer, Garcia, and Lee were in there for a mm-hmm. while, just, just a couple yeah. of strokes off. But how about our Canadians? Nick Taylor, you know, 10 under, not too shabby. It's, 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 a, it's pretty good for him. And then Taylor Pendrith, uh, missed cut. But uh, after last week, I think he was celebrating that second uh, place yeah. finish. He's, oh, not second place. How did he finish? Last week was five. It's top, it's top five. Top yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, top five. Top five. Top five. Yeah, he had he's points. long. That, he's he's really long, that guy. You know, I love that swing. You know, it's really slightly unorthodox, right? He takes it up yeah. really, yeah. really steep, and then he and comes across, through shallow and follow right across the line. Yeah. Yeah. Except that cost him on 17 last week, though. I think he came right yeah. across, double-crossed it. Definitely okay. some nerves there for that. Uh, he, you know, he probably was trying to make an eagle desperately where he yeah. hits it so far, he could have hit a three iron short of the bunker and had an iron yeah. green and yeah. went about it another way. But that's a learning lesson for uh, Pendrith. Yeah. And uh, uh, I hope to see him more in the in the mix on Sunday. One of you guys mentioned uh, Danny Danny Lee. Like, what's going on with him with that shambo like you know, s- set up and – uh, and, and that quick release, I'm like, wow! I, I was blown away. Like, what? When did that come to, about? You have to think that the Deschambault effect will translate a little bit because Bryson's gone from being, you know, a decent length hitter to yeah. one of the longest guys out there. And monster, you know, there's there has to be. It's it's kind of like uh, the Happy Gilmore flick with uh, mm-hmm. Shooter practicing <laughs> the uh, the running tee shots uh, <laughs> uh, secretly. You, you got to think some of these guys are. In, Danny Lee's swing on 18 on the third round, I think, was evidence of that. He absolutely yeah. pumped it. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's yeah. the same thing, too, with Rory McIlroy. You know, we heard his comments at the Players' Championship last year, how he's chasing speed, and this is a guy who's one of the longest players on the PGA Tour. Oh and still trying to chase speed, trying to get that extra 10 yards. And, you know, yeah. seeing if you see Rory McIlroy in person, you think, how on earth is he one of the longest yeah. players on the tour? Because yeah. he's, he's not a big guy, but, no. I, you know, you see Bryson DeChambeau and, you know, last year at the Masters, he was essentially, he looked like a bodybuilder. So yeah. it's just the way, you know, the, the DeChambeau effect, how it's clearly changed his game. And, you know, people forget, too, that he's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour as well, using yeah, a very, very unorthodox yeah. method. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to see not only the change in, 
in, in technology, but the players, you know, transforming their bodies through nutrition and fitness and really becoming a sport. You know, people are saying, you know, golf's not really a sport. It's more skill oriented. <laughs> Absolutely. However, you know, you're not running from one shot to the next, but the movement's really athletic. You know, you, you need strength, you need agility, you need flexibility, and it needs to be repeatable. And that's a, that's a huge thing. You look at all these Canadians that are playing out there right now, uh, Corey Connors, Graham Dillette, Michael Glickage, all of them need to be named because a lot of Canadians don't know who they are and they're not household names. And only until they get, you know, they win a tournament do they, do people know who they are. But, you know, Adam Hadwin, Adam Svensson is playing really well. He's had a pretty good tournament. Adam Nick Taylor, Roger Sloan, Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Pendrith. You know, there's a, the list goes a little deeper. And then we can't forget our ladies, you know, Brooke Henderson, and then we yeah, have Elena tremendous. Sharp. Uh, and, you know, they're standing on the shoulders of people who had a really tough time getting there, like Jim Rutledge and Mike Weir and um, yeah. David Moreland. And there's a lot of unsung heroes, you know, Stephen Ames. But, you know, there's a lot of guys who played a few, couple of tournaments out there. One of my mentors who got me into the game uh, early on, and he really took me to another level, was Bob Boschman over at Oakdale. You know, he played on tour, played a couple events, won back in the Vermont Open back in the day, and he won over in uh, Portugal as well. Uh, so there's a lot of guys that nobody knows about. Mm -hmm. yeah, now, now, most of these young guys, the Canadian guys who are doing well out there on PGA Tour, are they off the McKenzie Tour, or are there's, most uh, of them off the McKenzie Tour? Or? A lot of the guys, actually, of uh, like, like Hadwin, Taylor, and Spence, and they've all come out of the VGT out here oh, on the okay. West Coast. And Fraser Mulholland right. put this together in 2006, I believe, is when he started. And it, it's been great. It's opened up mm -hmm. the door for not just pros, but amateurs uh, to, to get into competitive golf. And Ontario has the Great Lakes Tour. Uh, yeah. A lot of small I know, I know that. out there that feed to the McKenzie tour. So I, I think Canadian golf is in a great place and, and mm -hmm. hoping to see more and more names come mm -hmm. out of our country. Okay, now guys, I'm going to be a little bit of a contrarian. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I think the golf world does the fans a disservice in that I think they pump up the athleticism of the modern golfer a little bit, a little bit too much. Uh, you don't have to be a great athlete to be a great golfer. And uh, look at look at John Daly. John Daly says himself. I mean, he hits it a mile. He hit it a mile, but he has he's a guy with great skill, great hands, great natural movement. Yeah. And uh, just you know, if it wasn't so for some of the personal things in his life, you know, we may you know uh, have heard uh, about um, John winning a lot more majors and uh -huh. um, and stuff like that. But you don't have to be a great athlete to be a great golfer. And you know, people talk about Bryson DeChambeau. If you put him in the you know, with the average track athlete or the average running back in the NFL or the average man, he's going to look very pedestrian. Yeah. Now, good point. I, I listen. I worship the floor they walk on when it comes to golf. I mean, I mean, uh, I'm you know, uh, I'm definitely not anywhere in, the, in their stratosphere as far as how good they play, those guys play. They're tremendous. It's tremendous. I'm not putting them down at all. But I think we've got to be careful not to, in my opinion, to put golfers in the same level of athleticism with your, you know, um, with your great track athletes and your great gymnasts and your great 
uh, football players and your great uh, um, baseball players and things like that. I, I don't. I think like, because you, like I said, you don't need to be a great athlete to be a great golfer, but you need to be a great athlete to be a great football player. You need to be a great athlete to be one of the best track uh, guys. So Usain Bolt. And Adam, I don't you want to touch on that? Take up this whole time. I don't want to take up this whole thing, but no, no, no. We got I, time. I, I we love my time. listen, listen. I love golfers, and I Rory McIlroy. All those guys are big fans of those guys, but I do not have the respect for their athleticism as I would like a Usain Bolt or a Michael Jordan or one of these guys, or, or you know, uh, King James, right? I, I think the the argument there would be to, you have to be a great athlete in certain areas. You have to be strong in certain spots. You know, you like you look at Phil Mickelson. You know, in 2004, you know, when, when he lost that that U.S. Open, um, you know, when he called himself an yeah. idiot, he wasn't yeah, exactly yeah. the smallest human being in the world. And yeah, now, you know, yeah. he's doing this intermittent fasting. He's completely yeah. trans, you know, transformed mm -hmm. his body. Um, you know, it, obviously golf is different in terms of, you, you know, you're not in an all out sprint for 30 or 40 seconds, like in an NHL mm. shift or an NFL play. Right. Um, but you know, obviously hand eye coordination has to be a, a big thing, uh, a big mm. thing for sure. And, you know, you look at guys, you know, John, John Rom, you know, maybe doesn't have the perfect body, so to speak, but he, he has incredibly strong legs. He's incredibly strong yeah. core. And if, if he didn't yeah. do the workouts that he did, especially, uh, you know, he wouldn't have the longevity, he wouldn't have 15 top tens and 23 starts, whatever it was last year. And, you know, being world number one for a big reason. So it's, it's a good argument. I think, I think you have to be a different kind of, of athlete for sure, but yes, where it goes both ways. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. I think you do need to be a different kind of athlete. Um, and they, they have become more athletic. Of course, Gary player was a forerunner as far as athletic. I mean, he guy did like a hundred, and 200 push-ups a day, sit-ups a day or something, whatever he did. I, I think it was a thousand. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like Sorry, can, Gary. They used yeah, to like, give him trouble because they thought he would wear himself out. So all yeah. the, like, oh, Jack and Arnold would laugh yeah. at him and tell him to yeah. stop uh, training. But look at him yeah. now. He's 80-something doing jump kicks on the Golf Channel, right? He's, <laughs> uh, I, I, I love Gary Player. Yeah. And I do agree with you. It's a different kind of athlete. But I think the commentators... You know, when they say, as a former, you know, uh, athlete, I did decathlons, uh, uh, you know, when I hear people say, oh, he looks like a running back, I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> you know, he looks like a linebacker. No, he doesn't. Not even anyway. Like, being in locker rooms and seeing guys who look like you drew them, you know, I mean, I have a little bit of a dad bod now, but I used to have a decent, uh, pretty uh, cut up guy back in the day. You know, and I look at being in locker rooms with guys who are just, you look like you drew them and then when people say you know these guys look like linebackers and running backs i'm like no but again i'll just last thing i'll say amazing golfers they're amazing and i like i said i would take a lesson from any one of those guys on any day of the week because their golf skill is tremendous yeah, you know Kevin, Kevin's Kevin's a, you say that too um just one final thing on this um you know talking about athletes and you know <laughs> we, we talk about we talk about tiger woods and how he changed yeah you know, golf fitness and, you know, obviously he's injured what seems like every bone in his body now, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and there's overtraining, right? So maybe he did sure. that. Like, hopefully we see him back very soon. It seems yeah. more optimistic than Definitely. it ever has been, oh, but obviously watching his swing evolve and change, you think back to 2013 when his back went out, how different yeah. his swing was. So he was much over the ball. Yeah. And, you know, when he yeah. won the Masters in 2019, it was more free flowing. It was more yeah. that sort of thing. So obviously different, different uh, players have different golf swings and, and train yes. specifically for that part of the body.
That's a good yeah. point because Tiger was probably as close as to the uh, Olympic level athlete as there was because he did Navy SEAL training uh, sure, during sure. time that people didn't know about. That came mm -hmm. out after the fact and yeah. mm -hmm. he ran miles and miles before every uh, yeah. round he played and he's I believe he stated he's uh, regrets running so much because all of that is just done you know help to you know torch his knees and his body but uh yeah, he also propelled the generation we're seeing right now, like the last 10 years, going back to Thomas and Spieth, but all these youngsters coming out right now, uh, even in the LPGA, I think it's that Tiger effect delivering uh, a, a different work ethic into golfers. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I don't know if you remember, there was a commercial years ago with uh, Tim Heron and DJ <laughs> Singh. Yes. And DJ Singh's working out, he's running on the treadmill, and then Tim Heron walks by with his hot dog. Yeah. He looks inside and he's like, there I remember. <laughs> yeah, so we're no, seeing we're good. seeing less and less that. of that right now. You know, less Tim Herons, less dailies. Yeah. You know, we're not seeing like Stadler types playing, you know, guys who right. are, you know, five nine, two fifty, right? We you've got the athletes, you've got the Morikawas, right? Who are yeah. fit. You got you got yeah. you know Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson, right? Johnson, yeah. And these guys oh, are working 100%. out. They don't look yeah. like an athlete that is extremely fit, but they are. Uh, both cardio-wise, yeah. strength-wise, flexibility. They're working out every day. They're putting in 40 to 50 hours plus a week. Uh, so th these guys are working at their craft and their skill level. And unlike other sports where, you know, let's say tennis, for example, you know, you're using one tool. You've got to learn and master all of these tools. You play a different golf course every time. And I'm going to argue and debate over the fact that it is a marathon. You go play a hilly golf course and play for four days. There's a pace of play. Yeah in tournament yeah, golf sure. that would knock any amateur on their ass. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because you, yeah. you've you got to get going. And the heat they play in, you know, it, mm. it's a, you got to stay hydrated and you're, you're, yeah. you're moving, you're trucking. I, you know, I played, I played Hogan tour uh, back in Quebec, uh, you know, it was assistant tour pro tour and it, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. You know, we're playing yeah. and we're playing two to three rounds like the champions yeah. tour does. And it, it was difficult. You know, these guys are just, it's another level. It's the 1% of the 1%. I don't know. I would un agree. Un unless you follow these guys, you know, I covered the President's Cup. I covered six Canadian Opens. I, I've traveled to the Middle East. Uh, I, I followed Rory when he played the Dubai Desert Classic. You know, these guys are incredible. Just mm -hmm. incredible. I, I, I absolutely agree. I, the golfers have come a long way. Of course, the Tiger effect, that's a big thing. That's the reason why I started playing golf. And um, uh, the reason why a lot of minority people have came to golf, Tiger, of course, and that's a good thing. But um, and I think one of the things that a lot of people don't see about golfers, which shows that they they are great athletes as well, great athletes, is that um, you, on camera you can't see uphill lies, and sometimes they're severe uphill lies, or that. And when they swing, they swing perfectly in balance, and you can't. And like you know. Uh, I was playing at a course the other day and I had a severe side hill lie. And when I, you know, you, you got to come more like a, it's more like a baseball swing, right? Uh, because it's, it's uh, on a side hill. And if a golfer did that on camera, you wouldn't be able to tell as much that they're on this severe side hill lie. But I came out of my stance and, you know, <laughs> did it as good as I could. I mean, and, and that's what shows the, the higher level of uh, golfers um, uh, of today, that they're balanced. They're, and always in tremendous balance. And again, don't get me wrong. I, I think golfers are tremendous. They have tremendous skill. I just, I just think some of the sometimes the commentators 
you know, get over their skis a little bit when they try to make them sound like they're these, you know, they're right up there with the King James of the world and the, you know, as far as just top level athleticism. I hear you. But uh, like I, hear I said, you. they're tremendous. They're tremendous athletes. I mean, I, I do, I do uh, agree with that. So the Champions Tour, we're just going to uh, pivot a little bit and shift over to the Champions Tour. Speaking of longevity, these guys are now playing for some decent money. Champions mm. Tour, you know, the other day I hit myself in the head earlier because I was looking for all my old golf cards from the 90s. I have senior tour cards from, you know, upper deck cards. And I couldn't believe of all the players that I found. And Mike and I actually went through some of the players and talked about them because you forget about them. But you're looking at somebody like Mike Weir, who on Sunday shot the lowest round on Sunday. I don't know if anybody noticed the seven under that he he, he played, and he's he is you know he's made 2.5 million this year on the Champions Tour. Not too bad. He's got a he's wow. top ten on the Charles Schwab uh, standings. Did any of you guys catch uh, some of that Timber Tech? I did. No, I did. It's um, obviously being 48. The dream to yeah uh, i'm right there with you buddy tour, but um <laughs> got some work to do but uh it was great i mean here's something i thought was interesting stephen elker who ended up winning it was 2709 days until his, uh, yes. his previous win wow. and tim petrovic who had a shot it's 6034 days since his last win it was back in 2005 petrovic has been living out of his bus for the last 30 years i think He's, he's a hardcore grinder, man. Yeah, but you got to tip your hat to that. You know, it's um, perseverance uh, to to keep going at it. And, and golf is a game. It just keeps kicking you while you're down. Like, it's uh, it's a ruthless sport. And, uh, you know, you sometimes we question why we're so passionately addicted to it. But, uh, you know, seeing these guys, um, you know, have such a long drought and then pulling it off, it's, it's fantastic. Wow. Right? And, you know, Jimenez and Furyk right there behind it. It's really like a flashback to, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And the depth on the senior tour right now, is, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. And just wait, uh, you know, a few more years of Tiger's health. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, that tour is going to explode. The product, the product is fantastic great. Fantastic. Yeah, Nichols is looking great. He's, he almost yeah. Uses, yeah. uses it as a warm-up. And he's having a good time with the, with all the boys that he used to play with back in the you know in the late '90s, I guess, early 2000s when he was at the top of his game. You know, Adam, have you followed the Champions Tour at all? Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, we mentioned Mike Weir there, and obviously the year he has had with 2.5 million dollars. But you know, for a lot of years there, it appeared that Mike Weir might be finished. He had just had a lot of different health issues, a lot of injury issues. He couldn't keep a driver on the planet, and you know mm. now he's. he's, he's Helped his sw- he's changed his swing he's uh he's talk about fit he, he's he's ripped he is and, and he's a guy who yeah. was and who's totally you know got back to the, you know he's always one of the top short game guys even you know yeah. think back 2003 he won the masters but when he won that tournament earlier uh this summer beating john daly of all people uh you know it's just a good game all around keeping it in the fairway it's great to see the depth of canadian golf from some of the younger players the up-and-comers all the way to you know guys like Mike Weir who have been around for quite a long time in SEC. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for the call. No <laughs> sorry about that. Hey guys, are you familiar with any of the rules the PGA Tours are putting in place for 2022? There's the new driver rule for 46 inches and the new greens book rule. And mm-hmm. what that is, let me just read this to you. 
All right. In short, as of January 1st, 2022, players and caddies can now only use committee-approved yardage book and will no longer be allowed to use information or technology to read slopes or greens. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but you still have to make the putt. <laughs> yeah. And how are they going to, you know, enforce any of this? Any well, uh, any any comments or suggestions? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's, go ahead, Adam. No, yeah, it's it, it, it's a good it's interesting. I, I have no idea how they're going to enforce this. I mean, you wonder how guys like Bryson DeChambeau, who's religiously looking at the book, Phil Mickelson, all these guys use this book. I'd be curious to. I, I've never used one. I've never tried one. I, I'd like to think I'm a fairly decent golfer, but nowhere near a professional golfer in terms of how much it actually helps. Will this help pace of play? Will this slow down pace of play? Because now they're trying to figure out, okay, the three degree slope on this way, you know, uh, you know, figure out different angles. I'm curious to see how on earth they will enforce this. They can enforce yeah. it. And then there's the, you know, during the day, the green speed actually changes. Grass grows. You know, uh, you know it, it. It gets it gets hotter. It gets warmer. The greens speed up or slow down based on the weather. I mean, it's you know, there's the argument is it undermines the the skill of the golfer by using technology. But you know, we got to go with the times. I, I think yeah. you know we're allowing range finders. We're we're allowing for so many things. Uh, it's uh, if Bryson's going out there with a level. And he's calculating uh, mathematically on where he should hit it. Give me a break. He's one of very few people. And if he could yeah. figure out, figure it out, good for him. Now, but if that's in a practice round, uh, shouldn't anyone be allowed to uh, experiment or educate themselves during a practice round? Obviously, during competition, that's extremely frowned upon and illegal. But uh, it's, this is a really slippery slope. And from what I'm reading, they're have to limit what notes they write in their approved books so where is the the uh ruled officials going to get involved here and penalize somebody for writing too much information uh that like bryson dechambeau is always a great example he thinks and phil too they think so mathematically mm -hmm. and there's so many uh data yeah. that they're digesting and so their notes may be more difficult or more different than yeah. what Daly's putting yeah. in his book, for example, right? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the example that uh, um, um, you gave there about uh, the grass growing, you know, it, uh, it, golf is a game of minutia. minutia. We, we know yeah. that. And every sport evolves. Every sport is evolving. And uh, the equipment obviously needs to evolve with it. And uh, so... You know, I don't have a problem with uh, the newfangled gadgets that have come out, and you know, I mean, I don't, it's not cheating. You know, it's just it's just uh, modern technology, and if we can, you know, push the limits and and uh, you know, push the envelope there, and uh, and have people shoot better scores, I'm all for it. Yeah. And historically, and, uh, yes, historically, the biggest change of equipment in the game that's like lowered scores is the lawnmower. It's not <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. When golf started, they were yeah. you know let the sheep run out in the field, and uh, the drunken Scotsman ran around and tried to find their. Uh, <laughs> you're going. You're going yeah. way back now. You're going way back. Yeah. But, you know, going back like like uh, the equipment that they're using. Even at my club, Mayfair Lakes, uh, we were on uh, Global last year because our superintendent uh, Greg 
uh, used a different method and it was fantastic. The greens were playable almost immediately after they were punched and narrated. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, but going in the, in the early 1900s, the lawnmowers uh, improved a lot. So yeah. that flows a long way into uh, us being able to score. It sounds like a joke, but it actually uh, has a uh, plays a big factor. I mean, you know, the way they press the greens and the way the yeah. fairways are, are meticulously mowed. I mean, balls run further now because of yeah. things like that. You know, uh, I think it's tremendous. I mean, and then another thing is the golf ball. That's a whole another show. Oh, that's a whole uh, conversation. Yeah, <laughs> we, we can break so, that down for an hour. But to, to, <laughs> to, to your point, Kevin and Mike, uh, you know, I was watching Wonderful World of Golf, the, the old mm. Shell series with uh, Gene yeah. Sarazen hosting, and you had Sam Snead yeah. playing with Jack Nicholas. It was incredible. Yeah. These guys were playing with those persimmon woods. And they're shaping the ball, and they're playing at Pebble Beach, and I and and on those bumpy greens, and they're still under par. You know, Jack yeah. won it one under, and it was a yeah. it was a showcase. And these guys yeah. were just, it just goes to show how good they were with that technology. Yes. And yes. Um, I, I'd love to see an event like the British Open, and I've been saying this for maybe twenty plus years, is a standardized golf ball. And I know that we have it for every other sport except golf. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, yeah. you know, these, these golf mm -hmm. ball companies have so much pull and, and, and mm -hmm. so much sponsorship in the game that we, there's no choice. I don't, I don't think they could drop the ball, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. I, so, I, I, I was going to say, I, I missed that. I, there, there was a, someone drilling a hole in my condo building. Well, look, let's uh, let's wrap this up a little bit. You know, I want to finish off with something pretty funny. We've all hit terrible shots, horrible shots. Oh, I don't know goodness. if you could think of a story where you were extremely embarrassed hitting a shot either at an event, a corporate event, a, a tournament, or with some friends. And I, I'll start. I'll be the uh, guinea pig here. And I was thinking about this earlier. I was uh, playing in a college tournament up in Belleville, Ontario at Trillium Woods. And I was playing in a four ball with my buddy, Steve Pike, uh, for Humber College. And I was on the 14th hole or the 15th. Anyhow, it was the second shot into a par four. I took out a four wood and I hit it 50 yards out. I was trying to hook it around the tree. I hit the tree and it went 100 yards back oh. behind me because I hit wow. the tree so hard. <laughs> and so that, that was a pretty embarrassing moment for me. But, you know, what saved my day is the fact that I had my only hole-in-one at a college tournament, and that was there. So I, I, two wow. holes after, I got my first hole-in-one, never got one since. And uh, so that's my uh, embarrassing story. Well, I have an embarrassing one. Oh, my goodness. It was at Glen Abbey, and I was with uh, three other buddies of mine. And we were playing. We got to the was it the sixteenth? Was it the sixteenth hole where Tiger hits it over the out of the bunker? Eighteen. Uh, Eighteen. Eight, eight, sorry, yeah. We Everybody, Glenn Abbey, eighteenth hole. And uh, so, um, I hit my ball in the bunker, and I'm like, oh yeah, so here's my chance to see what I could do, right? So embarrassing. Um, you know, I, I you know, get my feet set, and like an idiot, I change levels and I go down. Uh, I dip down. And my ball, I stick it right in the sand, and the thing that came, that went a hundred yards, 
was my golf club. <laughs> just kidding. 100 yards, I couldn't get for it. And the ball may have I went a little bit to the side, like about like five yards, stayed in the bunker. And people, you know, because a lot of times at Glen Abbey, people watch to see what people do in the last hole sometimes, whatever that day, there were people watching. And I just heard this chorus of laughter. And my buddies were just like, just laughing their heads off. I mean, I never heard the end of it. I didn't hear the end of it for a while. But uh, that was really embarrassing. When your club goes further than the ball, yeah, yeah, you got, you got uh, that's comedy right there. Good yeah. job, good job, Mike. Adam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've got a a few way too many embarrassing stories, but they all sort of are on the same subject of me hitting drives that are just miles offline. <laughs> like, I, I, so I'm I'm currently a three handicap in terms Love of it. playing, but I'd say I'm good a job. plus three in terms of my four calls. I have world class <laughs> four calls because I'm so used to missing fairways you know, 30, 40 yards wide and going into the other ferries. I'm a member of Bayview Country Club uh, in Toronto and, or Thornhill, I guess. And I'm so used to, you know, politely going over, hey, sorry about that. Hopefully it didn't hit you. Have a good day, yada, yada, yada. So I, I do that so much where I hit balls so far offline. Uh, in terms of one embarrassing moment, when I was really young, probably 10 or 11 years old, I remember whiffing four consecutive times on the first tee. I just wow. couldn't get off the tee. I was almost in tears. But wow. Thankfully, no whiffs as of late. But certainly, especially <laughs> yeah. this past weekend with the wind here in the Toronto area, lots of four calls for offline golf shots. <laughs> nice. nice. Thanks for sharing. I had, uh, I had uh, it was a money match at Langara Golf Club, which is one of the munis around here. And we get on the first hole and call out our games. I can't remember who I was playing with at that time, but... I lined up on the left side of the marker and the T, you know, the, the marker was, I didn't realize it was in play, but I topped my shot, ball hit the marker and disappeared, you know, and I just like couldn't for the life of me find it. I had to hit another one uh, and then start with three balls off the tee. And it was really frustrating, but there's one that I can think of right now that, uh, um, you know, it was pretty embarrassing. I, I, how the hell do you hit the, the tee box marker? <laughs> Alan. I, I remember Steve Pate did that once. Remember oh, when yeah. he teed, wow. uh, he he went right into the he got really upset. He hit a hit a shot, then he teed himself up right to the marker and smashed. He got his fine, but uh, I don't know if you ever guys saw that footage, but I'm sure you could find it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, if you could guys guys could tell me where I could uh, find you on social media, maybe you could share your your tags with me. Yeah, I'm at uh, Adam underscore Scully, my, my name, just Adam underscore Scully, or at Golf Talk Canada, uh, both Twitter and Instagram, uh, both avid users of both, and that's where you can uh, find me. And Mike? I'm uh, at DJ Mike Madness on Instagram, and Twitter is the same, and uh, Facebook, I believe, is all the same. Uh, at ECS Agency is my uh, business's um, Instagram handle as well. Great. Kevin, are you on social yeah, media? Okay. Well, you know, uh, to be honest with my, everything of mine is kind of under construction. I don't really have anything I need to tell you, but because <laughs> of you, I have uh, decided to do my own podcast. Nice. I Fantastic. Thought of, uh, yeah, I, absolutely. And um, I thought of it being called 
the smell test. You know that saying, does it pass the smell test? So that's <laughs> like one it. of the things that I'm going to, that, that's going to be Love the name of my show. So um, awesome. I look forward to that. I'm going to get it. Uh, I'll get that up and running and I'll let you guys know uh, what the handles and things like that are. Thank that's you. Great. Amazing. Great. We'll have to arrange uh, a foursome next time. I'm yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to join you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And for well, those of you, hopefully, that... hopefully, you won't be. Uh, you won't. I won't be hitting uh, shots out of the bunker at 18 at Glen Avenue. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. And if uh, our listeners or viewers want to see us, we're at Podcast Live on all social media streams. And uh, for Adam Scully, Kevin Smiley, Michael Bleakley, I'm Raphael Calamat, and you've been listening and watching Podcast Live with GolfCast. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, you.